0: I want you guys to help me look at the Grinch in the Bible. And you said there's no Grinch in the Bible. There was definitely a Grinch in the Bible. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, Matthew chapter two, 1 with me. And I want to I want to show you this. I won't keep you long, and I know that a lot of you came uh, for 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 the kids' program. I want to tie this in. But I promise you, I said Matthew chapter 1, turn to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Sometimes. We do something like this, Um, we come for the kids program, and I want to be able to give you something that probably from an angle that you're not expecting. I promise you, I'm going to come at this from an angle that you're not expecting it. So if you bear with me, I feel like this is drastically important. I think this is very vital to our day and age. And in Matthew chapter 2 verse 1, this is the story of the Magi. If you look up and you tell the story of Christmas, and you wait till Christmas morning, you're going to open up your Bible to Luke chapter 2. What you're going to find in Luke chapter 2 is the angels coming to tell Mary and Joseph, and, and, and then we have the follow-up of Mary and Joseph with the manger, and then the, uh, the shepherds hear about it. they go to worship. But we miss out on this story. And this is the story of the Magi. But read with me in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, they carried wise men from east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. They've come to worship him. Now, at first we look at this and say, What's going on? Well, let me show you, first of all, Herod had no idea. Let, let me tell you, Herod had no idea. Here they are sitting there excited about coming into this, this city that was promised from the Old Testament. Here they have Jerusalem. They walk into this city. They had come upon this king and you would think that this king would know about the prophecy. He was the king of Israel, but not like King David or King Solomon. He was uh, an Arab. He was a descendant of other people. He was brought in because of bad uh, terms and things that was going on that made him inherit the kingdom. He was not born into it. He took over this kingdom, but he was not a Jew. He, actually, the, on the opposite, the Jews hated him. And here you have this introduction of this man named Herod. He had a reputation of being a crazy man, a reputation of bloodshed and scandals. He was not a good guy. He was paranoid to prove how paranoid he is from history tells us that when he thought his wife was going up against him, he had his wife killed. He had two of his kids killed. He had his brother-in-law killed. He had his mother killed. This guy was crazy. So you can imagine as these men show up, and we learn from history that what we used to do in our Christmas trauma is we used to make this big deal out of the magi coming in because they disturbed the city. So we know they weren't just Three guys, we don't actually know how many guys. People guess that there was three just because there was three gifts. There could have been two, there could have been 20. We have no idea. But we do know that these magi came in. They disturbed the city. They came down. And as they did, they approached the king. Now here's the thing. They had to be pretty legit because nobody just walks up to the king of Israel and stands there and says, I want to talk to your king. The king comes out. He addresses them. And all of a sudden, he's impressed with all this that is prestigious, standing behind them. And when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Why was he troubled? You can imagine this king that murdered, killed, stole, manipulated, did whatever he could to get his position, is now saying, hey, we've not only heard of a king, we've traveled two years to get here, and we're not here to meet him we're here to worship him. Now you can imagine this guy with ego, with this guy with a big head, this guy with this reputation was like, no way. He goes out of there and he meets with all these scribes and these chief priests and he walks up to him and he says, is this even legit? I'm hearing about these, these guys that are coming in. They're, they're disturbing me. He was upset, disturbing the city because of the way that the king was upset Look at verse 4, when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes and the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Can you imagine that? This guy that already had that reputation, the scribes and the Pharisees, these religious leaders, they walk in and say, sir, what can we do for you? He stands up and he says, I want to know from you guys the truth. You're all Jews, you know the history, you know what's going on. Is it true that there is a king to be born that would be the king of the Jews? And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea. Now listen to the specifics of this. Yes, in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written of the prophet, And thou Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, Art not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor, And shall rule my people of Israel. Now, I want to point at something. And I promise you guys I'm going to take this in a direction That you're not expecting, I promise. I promise. There's prophecy quoted right here. Christians, if you will, in this situation, which I know that this was not of this place, believers, if you will, God's people, if you will, are calling to the king. They stand in front of the king, and in front of the king, they declared what was prophesied in the Old Testament about the coming Messiah to the detail of where, when, who, and what he will do. Then In verse 7, then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently. "What time, the star appeared. He wasn't wanting to know because he wanted the details to go worship. He wanted to know so that he could murder. And he sent them unto Bethlehem and said, go search diligently, diligently for the child, for the young child. When you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also, which he lied. He wanted to eliminate anybody that would come and stand in his way. Matthew chapter two verse nine, and when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced in exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You think about this. You talk about faith and believing. Now, have any of you guys have ever gone on a trip a long distance? We just just went on a trip this past summer. We went to the Philippines. Now, this is crazy to me. This is crazy to me that in the size of the world and how big our universe is, how big the world and earth is, To be able to find a spot on the other side of the world, literally on the other side, and through GPS and planes and and all the phones and cell phones and things like that, that we could end up landing on the other side of the world and intersecting with people literally thousands of thousands and thousands of miles away. Now imagine this. What is the faith that it would take in a prophecy to walk to to ride on the camel, let's say to drive, to travel for two years, to arrive in this one spot, to open the door, two years of traveling, to walk in, and there is the king, and there is Jesus, two-year-old Jesus. And all that time, everything that God said came true right before their eyes. Jesus was there. Just as foretold hundreds and hundreds of years before came true. The wise men returned another way as God told them. Verse 16 And then when Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof, from two years and older and under, according to the time which he had diligently acquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which is spoken. Listen to this by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, In Ramah was the voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children, would be comforted because they were not. Again, in the city of Jerusalem, in the town of Bethlehem, in the region that God promised, prophecy was fulfilled just as God said. Now you're saying, what's the twist on this? I don't want to look at Herod. I'm not even looking at the wise men. There's other people mentioned in this story that we overlook. Other people in this story that would completely go right around and not stop and ask the question and, and, and just think, why in the world? Go back to verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together and demanded of them where Christ should be born, they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, they go on and tell the details, the details, the details, the details. God said it all these hundreds of years ago. Is it true that these magi are there? They followed a star, they know where he's at. They said it's coming. Everything that God said, they said, Sir, it's all true. The Bible said it. It was prophesied. It's all coming true. And then they turn around and went where? Scribes were the ones that detailed, recorded everything that was in the Bible. The ones where they had a question, they were like the lawyers. They would go up and look it up and say, it's true, we studied it. Back and front, we recorded it. We know what it says. We know where it came from. We know the history behind it. The chief priests were the ones that represented the Jews in all of their spiritual matters. They were the ones that went before God. They were the ones that prayed. They were the ones that represented them. God's people The closest of God's people sat there and encountered the wise men that said, we've heard from God. He's here just as he said. And they turn around. Whatever, we've been hearing that for years. And the very message that they preached about, the very message that they studied, the very thing that they were entrusted with God to tell other people, When it actually happened, they missed it all, went their separate way, went right over their heads. I'll tell you, we could look at them and do that. How many of us do that? I'm serious. Here it is with all the details that they had. And everything that the Bible reiterated from the Scripture over and over and over again, saying the prophet said, the prophet said, the prophet said. And here it is, from the detail of where, the detail of who, the detail of when, every bit of it fulfilled. Let me tell you, God keeps his promises. Let me say that again. I thought I was in church, my mistake. God keeps his promises, All the time, in every way, in every detail, you can take it to the bank. I can make you the promise. You don't have to fret or fear. If God said it, you can believe it. It's done. It's going to happen. I'm glad you agree with me. I'm glad you say amen. I'm glad you back that up. Because for far too long, we've heard that the king is coming. Can I tell you, church, Here it is for far too long. The scribes and Pharisees heard the king is coming. The king is coming. The king is coming. When he actually came, they never saw it. Even to the point where they come out and said, hey, we saw his star. This is not normal. To the point where we traveled two years to get here. It's not normal. When God gives us the signs, he does that to stir his people up to say, this is not normal. You better wake up. Say, where are you going with this? In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, Though when the Lord God said unto Abraham, Get thee out of the country, from my kindred, from my father's house, unto the land that I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Church, do you believe that God actually said that? Did you know that's not just some sort of crazy history from the past? It's not some radical thing that Christians believe. God took Abraham, his chosen people, raised them up. Those children become the children of Israel. Their nation is the nation of Israel. He called them out. He separated him. He promised them. He gave them everything. And guys, let me tell you right now, what we are seeing happen in our world today is the stars shining saying, hey, the king is coming. How many of you guys have seen right now the declaration of them making Jerusalem the capital of Israel? And we sit there and say, well, what's the big deal? What, what did you say, scribes? What did we say, chief priests? What's the big deal? We're going to sit there and turn around? No, do you understand that in 1948, 1948, when Israel became a nation again, within that time of what God prophesied, he promised to Israel— God promised to them in Israel that they would be a nation, that he would reunite them again. It is part of end time prophecy. In Jeremiah 30, verse 3, For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel and Judah, saith the Lord. And I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. And these are the words of the Lord spake concerning Israel and Judah, concerning Judah. Do you understand? God made a promise. Dealing with a piece of land that looks like this on the globe. A a nation that has been conquered, pushed around, ignored, rejected over and over and over again. Just to reiterate this. We've got time, I trust me. Watch this clip.
1: And Trump receiving high praise from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for recognizing Jerusalem as the official capital of Israel.
0: We're profoundly grateful for the President for his courageous and just decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and to prepare for the opening of the U.S. Embassy here. This decision reflects the President's commitment to an ancient but enduring truth, to fulfilling his promises, and to advancing peace.
1: The move also getting approval from his evangelical base. Here now, First Baptist Church senior pastor and Fox News contributor Robert Jefferson. thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we understand thank you were on you. a conference call with White House officials yesterday in regards to this yeah. Jerusalem move. Can you tell us about it? Well, I have been uh, over the last several days on a conference call with State Department officials and White House officials about this. And look, I believe President Trump is a modern profiling courage for having the guts to do what no other American president has been willing to do. And look, uh, those who are devout Jews and Christians celebrate this decision because they believe what the Bible says, that God gave this country to Israel and made Jerusalem the capital 3,000 years ago. beyond that, this is the right thing to do. I mean, we recognize the right of every other country in the world to name its own capital. Nobody argues with France's right to make Paris its capital city. Why should Israel be any different? I think the president made the right call here. Well, he's and he's made a lot of, uh, you know, it, it's it's been great for him with his evangelical base. And there's a lot of people that do see it your way. I think there is a lot of concern and there has been in the past from politicians that this will stir the pot and you worry about what this is going to do to, uh, You know, the Middle East at this point, because it's angered a lot of people as well. Well, I think uh, the president made an excellent point yesterday when he said the current policy that has been in place for decades certainly hasn't made uh, peace in the Middle East. Maybe it's time to try something new. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different (laughs) results. I think as the uh, White House, the president, Jared Kushner, sit down at the negotiating table, perhaps it's the wise move to go ahead and take Jerusalem off the table to begin with, and. start negotiating from a position of strength rather than weakness. You know, a lot of people do think that this is going to derail, as you're talking about, the peace process. And I guess my question to you is, what should we look at and learn from history in regards to this? Well, I think what we ought to look at is history, even for those who don't believe the Bible, history confirms that this land belongs to Israel. You know, this idea of Palestinians, most people, most of our viewers don't know that term Palestine was invented by the Roman Emperor uh, Hadrian in 100 AD as a way of saying to the conquered Jewish people, this land is no longer yours. But history shows that Israel, the Jewish people, occupied this land before the Arabs, before the Palestinians, before the Muslims. And, you know, I had an Israeli officer say to me one time, he said, Robert, what if Israel said to the United States, we are no longer going to recognize Washington, D.C. as uh, your capital until you divide a portion of the capital and give it to Canada and another portion of Mexico to be neighborly. That is ludicrous, but that illustrates exactly why the president made exactly the right call. He is on the right side of history. and." More importantly, he's on the right side of God. Uh, You're making a good point that uh, nothing in the past has worked. I don't know what will work to solve (laughs) the problems in the Middle East, but we will find out. Robert, thank you so much for coming on this morning. We appreciate it.
0: See what I love about this? It's not a political thing. If you were a Christian here today, this is what we go by. And when the Bible says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee, I'd rather stand on the side that God said he's going to bless than the side that he's going to curse. And everything that God said has come true. Every promise that he said about Bethlehem and the coming of the king the first time. But let me tell you, it's just as true with the coming of the king the second time. And the Bible says in Jeremiah 30, verse 8, For it shall come to pass, and that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and I will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. Verse 24, the fierce anger of the Lord shall not return until he have done it, until he have performed it in the intents of his heart. Listen to this, in the latter days ye shall consider it. The latter days being the end of times, being in the days that we live in. You know why I'm saying all this? They ignored it the first time. Do you understand the believers? They got numb to it. They've heard it so many times that when Jesus came... Do you realize how far Jerusalem was from Bethlehem? Five miles. All the scribes and the chief priests and everybody that heard this their entire life was five miles away from the Messiah. And they sat down and did nothing. How dare we hear everything that God has promised and it not stir our hearts or not provoke us in any way. I close with this in Mark 13 verse 29. So in like manner, this is what Jesus was saying about the end times. When you shall see these things come to pass, of all the prophecy, of everything that he said that would happen, when he said these signs for this generation would happen, know that the time is nigh, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, that this generation shall not pass, till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. I'll tell you what, what's happening over the, in the Middle East, people can say this gap and whatever, if God before it, no man can be against it. It doesn't matter. I don't care what politician, what leader, what nation rises up and say it ain't going to happen. If God before it, you're not going to stop it. And We get to stand on the side of believers knowing everything that the Bible prophesied and say, Lord, even so come. Lord, I see the, the writing on the wall. I can see the prophecy. I can read the newspaper and line it up with the Bible and know that my God keeps his word. Let me just say this. The king is coming. The king is coming. You don't believe me? Turn on the TV. The writing is all over the place. God is getting ready. And I I don't know if it's tomorrow. The Bible says he's going to come as a thief in the night. But you better be ready.